Welcome, my friend, to another episode of Supernaturally Dangerous. What is profane worship? The Bible calls it strange fire. And how can we know the difference between true worship and profane worship? The reason we worship God is to bring Him glory and to please Him in our worship. But did you know that our worship can be tainted by sin in our life? And that kind of worship impairs the fear of God in our life too? This kind of worship will also cost us dearly. So we will know the difference and see what God has to say about this and what we can do to change from profane worship to worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Today I'm going to talk about two sons of Aaron that had it made in the shade, but it took them one time to bring profane worship into the house of God that ended up costing them their life. All because their fear of the Lord was damaged and they took the things of God lightly So go ahead and get your Bibles and a pen and paper so you can take notes. And let us pray. Dear God, we are so excited for the things you are doing upon the earth today. Even though we are living in turbulent times and of uncertainty in this world right now. We hear all about the earthquakes, pestilence, rumors of wars, and threats upon our religion freedom. Even with all this bad news, we still thank you for the good news that comes from your precious word, your holy Bible. Bless this time of learning together with my friends and my co-laborers in Christ. Together we will draw closer to you as your return draws closer to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Episode 7, The Worship of Strange Fire In these last days we are living in, we need to be aware and careful how we approach God in our worship. We need to worship God in spirit and in truth. And we also need to praise Him with a grateful heart. And out of respect for God, because of his word, and because we desire to please him. I have observed in the culture of the church today that there are some that don't honor God in their worship, and they don't respect the things of God in the ways that bring him honor. But instead, they worship him with strange fire, and they give him profane worship, defiled worship. What they just look for is an experience or a fling with God, but don't have intentions to change their life. Because they hate people, they talk about people, they bring divisions and discords among the brethren. They lie, they cheat, 
And some of them go as far as thinking nothing of partying all weekend and then come to church on Sunday to get their praise on. And boy, do they get their praise on, jumping and shouting like that will get get us into heaven. Bottom line here is that we can can cannot be a devil on Friday and then a good Christian on Sunday. You can't go to church only for the music and to get a hit of the Holy Ghost and check out the pretty lights and get entertained by the music while treating church no different than you would a nightclub. Oh yeah, come on Jesus, they say. But their life doesn't reflect what comes out of their mouth. Matthew 15, 8 says, They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We're going to read a story about the eldest sons of Aaron and and the nephews of Moses. These brothers were among those privileged to see God and to live to tell about it. Exodus 24, 9-11 Later, God chose them for an, appointed, uh, an appointment to the priesthood and made this ministry for them and their offspring. Exodus 28, verses 1 Exodus 29, verse 9 But these brothers offered God profane worship and forgot the fact that God takes it very serious how we approach Him in worship. Leviticus 10, verses 1 to 3. I might pronounce their names wrong, but I'm going to try. And Nadad and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out of the fire the Lord and devoured them. I'm sorry. (laughs) And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spoke saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. See, before all this took place, these brothers were in a season of blessing. They could have been priests of God in their old age, for they had the blessings of God. No sooner had they enjoyed the seasons of blessing that these brothers ruined everything by doing something that displeased God. So these brothers spoiled their estate. The same heavenly fire that burst from God's glory in the tabernacle to consume the animal sacrifice now fell upon the newly appointed priests, and in violence they died. What did they do wrong? 
What was these, these brothers' error? Their error is clear. They offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. That's Leviticus 10.1. It was a twofold error. Profanity. They offered to God something profane, something not sanctified or made holy, something ordinary and not and uncons- unconsecrated. Presumption. They presumed to do something in worship before God, which God had not commanded them to do. Some commentaries say that alcohol was a factor to the faith of these two brothers. Some take consideration that the underlining reason was the effect of alcohol consumption on on their human behavior. So the one possible reason was the lack of clear thinking due, due to the drinking of alcohol that impaired their judgment. Drinking alcohol is not what I want to focus on here. That's so, that will be safe for another teaching. But rather, I look at the mistakes that they made so that we can learn from them and that we can have the fear of God in our life. But in saying that, I would like to make something clear that alcohol, that alcohol is not good for any Christian to take part of, period. That is my opinion, and I believe the Bible supports that. And we can dispute with Scripture, but that is, no, that is a no-brainer for me. I started drinking alcohol at a very young age, and it was cheap wine and hard liquor. I would stash it in the bushes on my way to school and drink it on my way home. Every day I had to be intoxicated. But that came from a generational curse on my family that was broken after salvation. You see, my grandfather was an alcoholic, stone alcoholic. He would drink every day. Even as an older man, my mom would have to go out looking for him. And she would find him pass out in some alley or some deserted street. My uncle was the same way. Alcohol was a great part of his life. I remember going to go visit him in the mornings, about 8 in the morning, and he would have tequila, hardcore tequila with the worm inside it, drinking it, guggling it down like nothing. Alcohol will damage families. On my husband's side, uh, on my husband's side, the same thing. Alcohol ruins lives. So why would we want to consume it in the name of God when the proof is in the pudding that it brings destruction and death? See, Jesus gives us the living waters that flow out of our belly and reaps peace and joy in our life that gives us true happiness. The presence of God is all we need, my friend. 
He has everything for us. But back to the story of these two brothers. Their profanity was inexcusable. There was no excuse for the profanity in worship that was committed by them. The censers, the firepans in their possession belonged to the altar as part of its ex equipment and therefore the censers were sacred as the altar itself. Exodus 27 verses 1 to 3. Exodus 38 verses 1 to 3. There is no excuse for presumption that these brothers showed in their worship. These brothers acted on their own accord because they had no commandment from God to act in such a way. These brothers had died because they didn't take the fear of God seriously and they didn't wait upon him. Instead, they did their own thing. We need the fear of God that will bring awe into our life, awesomeness of His holiness. We need the fear of the Lord in our life. They did what they thought was okay to them. This lesson was to be remembered by, by future generations and indeed is written for our learning. Romans 15.4 For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we, that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope. So how should we come to God in worship? In spirit and in truth. John 4.24 God is spirit, and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. This means we should worship from within. With gratitude we have for God, and do this with a sincere heart to please him and not ourselves. We cannot put our confidence in our flesh and feed our fleshly appetites. Philippians 3, 3 says, It is a spirit of worship that stirs us, to the, stirs us to the splendor of God and beauty of His majesty. Worship is not just to feel good, but to give forth worship to God in adoration that He deserves through our words. Another thing we need to, how we need to worship is with a clean heart. 2 Timothy 1.3 I worship God with a clean heart as my fathers did. And I thank God when I talk to him about you. I always do this night and day. So we must prepare our hearts for worship in order to please God. Because Satan will always try to take your attention off of God and onto ourselves. So daily prepare your heart for worship even when things are not going well with you. And lastly, let your worship be a sweet aroma of worship that comes from partnering with God. Philippians 4 verses 14 to 23. 
Yet, it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourself know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I was in Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Testimonia, you sent me help for my needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Ephroditus the gift you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply all your needs of yours according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ, to our God and our Father be glory forever. Amen. A fragrant offering. That's what that's how we worship God. Second Corinthians two five says, For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Ephesians five two and walk in love as Christ has and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. In closing, Leviticus one seventeen, he shall tear it open by its wings, but shall not server it completely. And the priest shall burn it on the altar, on the wood that is on the fire. It is a burnt offering, a food offering, well, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. See, that's what the brothers should have did. They should have gave a pleasing offering to the Lord that would have sent out a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And that's what I want to encourage us to do in the body of Christ now. It is so vital that we send out a clean, precious aroma to God because of a life that we're partnering with Him, a life that we're serving Him with our whole heart, that we're not playing games with God. So what are we to do to send this sweet aroma to the Lord. Let's recap. Not to do the same mistakes these two brothers did by their disobedience and their sinful natures. Pride and arrogance got in their way and they did against God's commands that cost them their life. Worship God in spirit and in truth. Have a clean heart of worship. Let our worship be to be a sweet aroma to the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for correction and guidance from your word. Help us to live accordingly to your teaching and help us to abide in you and not on our fleshly desires. We want to be a sweet aroma to you and bring to you adoration that you deserve. Forgive me, Lord, if I if I let my sinful nature get in my in the way of my worship. Help me, Lord. 
Teach me. Because my desire is that I worship you in spirit and in truth. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Right now, Lord, wherever, where everybody's at, Lord, you go to them now, Father God, and give them a special touch. Lord, a touch from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, if they need a healing, that you would heal their bodies. Lord, if they have a loved one that is sick, that you would reach out to them in the hospitals or wherever they're at. Lord, that one that just broke their leg, Father God, and they're in a lot of pain. I rebuke that pain right now. And I pray that you heal their bones right now where they're at, Father God. I pray for that one that has an earache, Father. Their left ear is hurting them. It's even causing a toothache, Lord. I bind that right now, God, and I pray that you heal it in Jesus' name. Lord God, and I pray, Lord, those that feel hopeless, those that feel discouraged, Lord, that you will encourage them and give them a hunger for your word. And I pray that the fire of God, just, just, Lord, right now, where, where they're all at, that you fill them with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues and that the fire of God will just penetrate their hearts, oh God, and that they will feel the warmth of the Holy Ghost, Lord. And Lord, that you are able to do exceedingly above that they ask for. God, and this revival that's going upon the earth, Lord, prepare us. Let us be ready and ready and able, God, for the souls that are going to come in through this revival. We lift up our president and, the, and, and those in his cabinet, Father God, that you touch them, Lord. That you, Lord, that you turn around, God. Give us a turnaround in our nation, God. And we ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. And the next teaching will be dealing with a familiar spirit. Shalom and goodbye. God bless.